Yet again, we, you and I, we face the most sacred days of our Christian calendar through the lens of a webcam. This mode of faith is not sustainable. If anything, faith in Jesus Christ is tangible, as tonight is all about, the tangibility of our faith in the sacraments of the church. If anything, these restrictions, the ban of public worship, are due to a, a huge level of commercial interests that have grown up with the sacraments over the last number of decades. The civil authorities are afraid if the churches are open, confirmations, first holy communions, baptisms, all of which have a colossal social and communal commercial side to them, will lead to a growth in case numbers. And that's understandable. I also want to make a point tonight that I haven't heard yet in any of our discussions of why churches are closed. One of the reasons why the government, I have no doubt, are not budging on the issue of opening the churches for public mass, at least, is that they do not fear, nor do they trust the word of the bishop anymore. Because they know most Catholics don't believe in church teaching anymore, nor do they listen to the device nor decisions of the bishop. Civil governments are treating us like children because we act like children. Like children who don't listen to the voice of authority of their parents, very few, if any, are listening to the voice of the bishop in our diocese today, right around the world, not just Ireland. Neither clerical nor laity, neither left-wing nor right-wing, because we do our own thing. We know better than those to whom the Holy Spirit has chosen to call to lead the Christian community since his death on the cross. Now, an example of what I'm talking about, everybody, is that just before Christmas, Archbishop Emeritus Darren Martin, he asked parishes to not hold large-scale ceremonies and communions and confirmations. A clear instruction. Did the clergy listen? No. Most went ahead out of fear of the threats and the pressures they were under from some parents that were placing on their priests to do the big day. And we know, unfortunately, many cases were linked to celebrations of ceremonies afterwards. See, friends, this erodes the authority of the bishop, and the government knows that. And it's why bishops are getting extremely frustrated as we speak of the obstinate positioning of the government. If we open churches, which we can do to hold mass safely with social distancing, etc., but due to the immense pressure on parish leaders to hold the big days out, even if bishops ask parishes to hold back on communion confirmation celebrations until it's safe to do so, most parishes will unfortunately go ahead with them regardless. So friends, you can see the issue that our bishops are facing and that we as a church find ourselves in today. As Archbishop Farrell said yesterday at the Chrism Mass last night, he says the importance of the earliest possible return to worship and that the easing of restrictions must not be subordinate to powerful commercial interests. However, the restrictions have also displayed something quite sinister in our civil government, most of whom consider themselves to be Christian, but they also display a gross ignorance of Christianity. Many of their political alliances and lobbyists have latched their carriages onto a vocal minority that have a, a, quite a, a contempt for Christianity. So this idea of just to go online, 
is a clear misunderstanding of our faith. As a Protestant pastor in England just the other day, she said, and I quote, the Christian faith cannot be sustained on Zoom. And she is 100% correct. And it very much backs up what the Bishop of Waterford said yesterday when he said, and I quote, he says, I must speak out to represent the voices of a very large cohort of people who are growing increasingly weary of being unable to attend Mass and whose spiritual and mental well-being is being eroded. Their patience is wearing thin, they're frustrated and feel unrepresented and discriminated against. I feel that the spiritual well-being of our people has not give, been given any serious attention by authorities. To say that services go online is very hard to take and dismissive. Like I said, the Christian faith, everybody, it's not like New Age or DIY spiritualities. Christian faith is not vague. It's not a set of beliefs that's made up as we kind of go along willy-nilly, whatever we're feeling like at the time. What we do in churches at every single Mass has been mandated by Christ himself, revealed by him. We are commanded this night to do this in memory of him. The celebration of the Mass is not an optional added extra. The Christian faith is about tangibility, not spiritual alone. That's one part of it, but not the entirety. Bread, oil, water, wine, the physical actions of making the sign of the cross, embracing for the sign of peace, etc. Christianity is tangible. It involves human to human. Now, this morning, I spent three hours confession outside in St. Mark's Church. And I cannot describe the amount of young men, and particularly young women, who came up to me who, through serious moral and serious spiritual ailments, suffered really badly mentally and indeed physically in some cases. And through the, the tears and, and the snots and the cold weather, God's love and mercy washed over them just as Christ washed the feet of Peter tonight. So this notion that we can have faith anywhere we go and that we don't necessarily need the celebration of the Mass or the sacraments is overly simplistic and a misunderstanding of the Christian faith. Christ said where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there. And our blessed Lord tonight, everybody, at the Last Supper, he's presenting to us the tangibility of our faith in, the, in its essential need of transmitting the transformative power of Christ, particularly through the Blessed Sacrament. Friends, I have always found the atmosphere around Holy Thursday and Good Friday, even up to Easter, Holy Easter Saturday night, be very spooky. I mean, among the apostles, as we have seen, what Derek proclaimed a few moments ago, there's an air of confusion, fear, accusations, despair, disbelief of what Christ is talking about and what's about to happen. There are characteristics which we can all very easily identify in today's world. And here, at the precipice of death and failure, what seemed like an end to the huge optimism and energy that Christ displayed through his time in Judea and Galilee, now seems to be wasted. Some of the apostles are starting to feel deflated and even despairing, some looking how to get rid of him. Such is the disappointment to his closest friends. And what does Jesus do in this most fragile of moments in the Christian and the Christ event? when this community he had built up now seems to break it, seems, seems to, to disintegrate. What does he do? Two things. 
he washes feet and breaks some bread. And he blesses it and tells his apostles, this is my flesh, eat it. And just when Satan seemed to be getting the upper hand, Christ responds with a total outpouring of his flesh into a piece of bread, the sacrament of the Eucharist. And he also shows to his apostles how to do the same to others around him through a loving service. And he displays that to us tonight by washing feet. Priesthood, holy orders is born. This is how Christ wins over evil, death, and darkness, by self-giving. And self-giving, friends, is displayed this evening in two ways. Like I said, we see it in the action of Jesus the high priest, washing the feet of his friends in an effort to tell them that where the center of priesthood lies, in the ability for the priest to, to get down on his knees and to bow to the man and the woman in front of him as a sign of love and a sign of their dignity, their God-given divine dignity. And in this act, the priest, we prostrate ourselves before you, the men and women of Jobstown, Brookfield, Springfield, Fedekern and Belgard, indeed the Dublin Archdiocese, and to all of you joining me online, as a sign of our fidelity to Christ and love of you at the same time. That I'm willing to give you my all, to serve you, and if necessary, to give my life for each of you. And secondly, as always, at every single Mass, Jesus, through the priest, gives us his flesh in a piece of bread as a mighty gift to keep you and me going, to wash our sins, those darker areas of our lives, to soak up the darkness and the evil that exists in our world, that God Almighty, in his power and might as creator of all that we know that is, bows so low as to present himself to each of us in a tiny piece of bread. Absolutely breathtaking. The mystery of that, the humility of that alone. So that when Jesus literally says to his apostles, take and eat, this is my body, this is my blood. That is not metaphorical. He has literally given himself to them and to you and me. Remember, before he had told them before that his flesh was real food and his blood was real drink, and to gain eternal life, you need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And that has been so ever since the Last Supper. Friends, Jesus, through the priest at the altar, has been offering to you and me the same. This is my body. Take it and eat it. There's nothing symbolic about what we're doing here tonight. Recall, friends, as well, the way Jesus interacted with objects and people throughout the Gospels. He uplifts their dignity. He transformed those whom he interacts with. Possession into liberation, disease into health, fear into courage, stupidity into responsibility, pride into humility, death into life, water into wine, wine into blood, and bread into flesh. Remember the power of God. When he speaks, it springs into being. It has no choice but to carry what God says. These sacraments, everybody, are founded by only Christ in his actions and his words. And he wills these sacraments of our church. That's why we cannot change the nature of these sacraments, even if we wanted to. It's not ours to change. We have no authority whatsoever to change them. And to finish up, friends, I'd like to share with you something very personal. Since I've been ordained a priest four years this year, 
to say my life has been altered or transfigured is putting it mildly. And this is going to sound strange and weird, but it, it is quite difficult to put into words, but bear with me. Since my ordination, I've had this overwhelming feeling, an overwhelming sense that my own being, as Bill O'Shaughnessy, has something added onto it. I can feel this otherness, this strength, and a powerful loving presence attached to my being and soul. And when I was ordained, I was told that a priest, we take on Christ in a new way, in an added level to our baptism. That we become Christ in a very real way for a few moments at every altar, at every mass. When I make the sign of the cross over with gifts in a few moments, and saying the words of consecration of our Lord, friends, I have no authority to call that bread and that wine my flesh or my blood. Those are the words of Christ. For a few moments, the priest becomes Christ. And I never expected those things to be so real. And sometimes it brings me to tears. There's the joy of it. I mean, I can tell you, friends, there's times when I look into the chalice and the, at the bread, and I suddenly get a, a colossal urge just to cry at the incredible and the magnificent gift that he has given us. His very self, the creator of all, gives us his very self. And that my ordination now shares with you that very thing at every single Mass. In short, friends, as a priest, I exist now for you, for the people of Jobstown, Brookfield, Springfield, and again the church in Dublin in general, and to wherever the Lord may bring me in the future. I bring Christ to you in his flesh in the altar, not because I'm holy, not because I'm great, but the total opposite, because Christ, out of love, wants to give himself to you as a gift, so that you may have life and have it to the full. And to any government minister who may be hearing my words tonight or again later on, or to those who support the closure of our churches, particularly the celebration of Mass in public, please understand what and who you are closing off to the world and the people who need Christ the most. Look who you have now made a criminal once again in our world.